0: What four video games would you spend the rest of your life playing, and why? That is the question my guests will be answering as we explore what these games mean to the gamers who play them. I'm Matthew Herlow, and thank you for selecting the Your Lives in Gaming podcast. Your Lives in Gaming And welcome to the Your Lives in Gaming podcast And this week is my favourite version of this podcast Where we do a little bit of desert island gaming So, as is always the case, I've got a guest with me here today And we're going to get four games from the name That we are going to be leaving them stuck with on a desert island Until the end of time or their life, whichever comes first This came up with cheese and we won't get too far into that But anyway, my guest today, the youngest guest I've ever had on this show, uh, MM2 Nez Cartridge. How are you doing today, my friend?
1: I'm doing fairly well. Uh, How are you doing on this fine day?
0: I'm doing better than I was when we were supposed to record before, when I had the sore throat. That was a bit of a nightmare. But other than that, I am all good. And let's have a look. So... As I've said the basic premise of the show is we are going to be putting you onto a Deza island with any four video games of your choosing those four games are what you will have to play until the end of time now I've already told you obviously to pick your four games I have no idea what they are as is always the case I like the surprise of it and before we get into your first game there is something else we have to do and that is we have to play dice to meet you now dice to meet you is a fairly simple game uh i'm gonna roll a 20-sided die whatever number comes up you have that many words to tell us about yourself basically so let's get this going so you have 16 words that's definitely one of the bigger ones we've had (laughs) (laughs) lovely now, just to let you know, you can do this as a running sentence, or you can just throw individual words out there and make it work however you need to. It's entirely up to you. Of course.
1: Hi, I'm mm 2 Nest Cartridge. I speedrun Super Metroid, and I also sometimes stream a link to the past.
0: Yeah, I think you've probably got it covered with that. <laughs> yeah. That's that's probably
1: all you need to know about me.
0: That was either 16 or 17, and to be honest, if you took an extra one, I'll allow it. Uh, Perfect. So, I mean, I don't want to ask too many questions before we get into it, because the questions tend to have a nasty habit of leading into a game that you may or may not have picked. So, we won't mess around, we'll get straight into it. What is your first game?
1: Uh, My first game is Celeste.
0: Okay, now I know Sinneth picked this, and I know it's a game that I'm going to have to play one day if Jay ever gets around to finishing The Messenger, but <laughs> the first question, it never changes, it's always the same thing, why this game?
1: Why this game? Alright, so I um, first saw the tool-assisted speedrun of this game at, G- at a GDQ a couple years back, I wasn't, it wasn't there live, I just was watching, and I was like, wow, this is super cool, I want to play this game, because they also said something about the story being really cool, but it, but the gameplay really caught my eye as well, so I was like, okay, I have to play this, so then I, um, I just bought, I bought the game on my Nintendo Switch, and I played through it, I played through the first, um, the first portion of it, like the f- the main story you could call it, the as Celeste players call it, the A sides. And I was like, okay, this is great. And I and I love the story. I love the gameplay. And then I put it down for a while. And then recently I've gotten back into it and I've beaten and I've beaten more of the game. And it's just it's just it's just caught my it has a special place in my heart, especially for the story. So so I I definitely
0: had to pick this one. No, that's completely fair. I mean, basically everyone will always pick the majority of their games based on just those games that they've got that special attachment to. And from everything I've heard from multiple people, and Syneth had loads of positive stuff to say about it as well, uh, this game is going to be one it's hard not to enjoy. So... With this game, one of the things that Sineth was really big on was the story, which you've just mentioned, obviously it has a reputation for being really good, and I'm already aware that the general basis of the story is basically the main character that you play as getting over their own well, depression, effectively, their own issues of what's been going on in their life, but as someone who's played it, perhaps you can tell us a little bit more, and really why why you enjoyed the story.
1: Yeah. So, um, the main character, Madeline, at least as at least I call her Madeline. I pronounce it that way. I don't know how the developer intends us to pronounce it, but that's how I pronounce it. Anyways, enough of that. Um, the the story is really about her getting over her own depression and anxiety. Like in chapter two, I think it was. Um, she no, not in chapter two, in chapter six she has like an anxiety, a, a panic attack, or an anxiety attack, and she just falls down all the mountain, completely erasing all the progress you've made since the start of the game. Or it, it seems that way. And then you have to do a whole level to get back up. And that that struggle to get back up really embodies the struggle of the game. And then that level and the next level are just, are really the, the ones where you, where it feels that you, um, you really take—I don't
0: know how to say this. No, sometimes this sort of thing can yeah, be difficult uh, to describe. Okay. Oh, definitely. Um, I mean, one of the things I will say is, especially from the way you're describing it, and from what Sinet in particular said, but also from other people, it sounds like that this particular bit you're talking about. Because I was aware of the part, but I wasn't sure where in the game it happened as such. But it's—it's it's a very literal. Sense of you know getting yourself back up, or you know from when you get knocked down, you know it's a literal met. I want to say a metaphor, but it's not. It's too literal to be a metaphor. It's literally (laughs) what happens in the game, and it's as part of the journey psychologically that both the character and people suffering with these issues do go through.
1: Yeah. It's like you know, chapter six and seven are the part where you really embody the journey Madeline's taken over this whole course of the mountain. Cause like the game says, the mountain amplifies what you're feeling inside, which is why battling appears in chapter two, because battling is the living embodiment of Madeline's anxiety and depression. And she, and battling is part of Madeline. That's the game even calls battling part of you just to make that clear. And you have to accept that in order to progress. You have to accept that Badalyn is part of you. And then by doing it, you get a, you get a second dash and are able to complete chapter 7.
0: <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Now, one thing I've got to ask since you've mentioned the Badlin character, because I don't know, are they called Badlin in the game, or is that just sort of like the community name for them?
1: Uh, in the game, they are called exclusively part of you, but in the community, everybody calls him Battleon.
0: Okay, that's one thing so, yeah, I really was not yeah. sure of. <laughs>
1: yeah, that one is a community name, but I, yeah, you get the idea.
0: <laughs> no, definitely. Now, the story is one thing. The story is, you know, very well reputed, very well spoken of by a number of people, but what is most certainly spoken of in the highest possible regard you can have within video games is the actual game gameplay of this game. I hear numerous things about how smooth it is, how frustrating the puzzle element of it is. So tell us a little bit about the gameplay and what you enjoy about it.
1: The the most the thing I enjoy the most about the gameplay is the amount of sheer control you have over Madeline in gameplay. Like you just it just feels like she is re- so responsive to what you're you're putting in on the controller or in my case the keyboard. But um, it just feels like she's so responsive, and she really embodies what she really doesn't it doesn't feel like she has a mind of her own in terms of like you know the that feeling when you're when you're playing whatever game you play, and it feels like the the character took a had did something you didn't intend. It feels like that never really happens in Celeste.
0: Well, as soon as we yeah. mentioned it, just about everything I do in Super Metroid never seems to be what I intend, and. Mention Super Metroid, so there it is, even if it does come up later. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that's that can definitely be said about my experience with Super Metroid. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Like you have a very specific idea of what you want the character to do, and sometimes Super Metroid itself has a very different idea to you. But not so much the case then with Celeste.
1: Definitely. Like you can it feels like you can do so much, and then later in the later in the story, the game shows you these th- these tools you had in you, these tools you can do these things you can do that you could do all along, but you just didn't know about. Kind of <laughs> like the Etakuns and decora in Super Metroid,
0: except
1: yeah. except you've had them since the very start of the game.
0: <laughs> no, I can understand where you come from. I mean, definitely the Etakuns not quite so much like the Dekora. But, yeah, now, I mean, this, I don't know how much you follow, or this is a slight sidetrack here, but the Super Mario World Kaizo community. But there is a member of that community who is using ASM to build a Super Mario World Kaizo hack with the, the basic premise being the abilities from Celeste, brought into this hack through ASM and there is a demo out which a number of the guys who I watch stream have played and I the main thing I think is super cool is that this is the effect that Celeste has had it's so well thought of so well reputed throughout the video gaming community that hackers of a 25 plus year old game are uh, writing code to give you the ability to do some of the things from Celeste in Mario, and for anyone who's played Super Mario World, it just sounds unreal. Anyone who's familiar with it, I mean, do you are you aware of this at all? Have you heard about this?
1: I I I think there was a uh, blind S SMW Kaiser race at GDQ that featured something like that. Maybe there was just like. But yes, what? I've heard of I've heard of this. I'm not too involved in the SMW Kaizo community though.
0: No, that's fair. I wouldn't say I was involved. I definitely watch a lot, but Kaizo, Kaizo is a very different style of gameplay to something like speedrunning Super Metroid. And I'm bad enough as Super Metroid as it is. I don't want to spoil that by, you know, going and doing uh, trying to learn something else right now. But, no, you might be right, actually, I think the, the demo is basically a single level, which I believe was played at a GDQ, so it would make sense that that's where you've seen it, but, you know, that, that's just to be used as an example of how big this game is in terms of the effect it's had on the gaming industry, and I don't want to say it's given a sort of like a new, cam- you know, it's like at the new dawn of an indie revolution, because uh, there's a lot of games that have come out in previous years, indie games that fall into the same sort of category, but it's definitely a game that gave the indie developers a big bump in terms of popularity with the mainstream gaming community.
1: Yeah, you couldn't you couldn't understate the fact that this is an indie game that, yeah, I think it won some Game of the Year award as an indie game. That, that's crazy.
0: Uh, it's that's... it's phenomenal achievement, but I do think. I mean, from at least from what I've seen recently, it does seem to be that a lot of, at least, maybe not the super mainstream stuff, but some of the gaming awards bodies are sort of moving towards more love for the indie studios than the big studios. I mean, big studios are going to still win awards because they've got the capability to do certain things that indies just don't. But I do think it's becoming more common like to see the indie games themselves getting the love at the awards which is really good. Oh, definitely. Definitely. So, tell us something about Celeste that is special to you that we may not may not be aware of with the game maybe.
1: Well, I don't know. So for a while, um, before I have, well, I don't know. For a while I had a Celeste profile picture and that was because like that moment that I had captured in my profile picture on Discord in Celeste That moment was just, that was, it was crazy that that I felt like I had made it so far in that game. Okay. And it, I don't know, it's, it just felt super cool to like, because I I don't know, I, before that I had had a history of starting games and never really committing that much to them, just throwing them on the side of the road and just never coming back to them. (laughs) I had had like one game I would play constantly and then... (laughs) Every other game I ever played, I would just not come back to. But uh, but Celeste, I actually went through that. I, I, w- I went through the game and I actually beat it. And that and that moment that I captured, I, I felt like I had actually done something cool. Like I had actually stuck, stuck to something I wanted to do.
0: So yeah. Okay. No, that's definitely a good thing. And it's definitely a good way to look at it because that is something that I think at some point everyone goes through. But particularly when you're involved in a speedrunning community like I am and I know you are, there is always an element of people who are like, ah, well I was playing this game but then, you know, this tournament started or I was really in the middle of a grind for this time on this category. And so you definitely see it a lot more in these communities where you've got guys who will start 50 games in a month but still only finish the game they've been playing for 20 years. Yeah, so that's something that you definitely see. I'm grateful to say that I don't have such a huge problem with that. Uh, I mean, if anything, in terms of speedrunning, my problem is the opposite in that I tend to give up on my speedrunning to go and play a game that I want to play. But I also don't think I'm missing out on anything like that. But... Since this game, then, have you seen a turn in that, where there is other games that you are starting and wanting to play all the way through, or is it a bit of, this game remains special because it's the one that I, I did that for?
1: No, it's definitely turned. Like, um recently, very pretty recently, I did, um just for myself, I did casual playthroughs of both Zero Mission and Fusion.
0: Okay, I love both those games, to be honest.
1: Yeah. Actually, I'm not quite finished with Zero Mission. I'm, like, very close to the end. I just uh, beat Charlie. But okay. I'm definitely thinking to come back to that at some point.
0: No, you definitely should. I, they are really good, fun games. And if you've beaten Charlie, you're honestly so close to the end of that, it would be a shame for you to not go and finish it. Um, But, yeah, we'll... Gloss over Zero Mission for a second, since so you haven't finished it. Fusion. I know this is a sidetrack, but I'm really curious to see what you thought of this game because this is a game that gets a very mixed reaction throughout. Well, all the Metroid community, to be entirely honest. So, what are your thoughts on it?
1: I thought Fusion was really good. Like, they're all like people are always criticizing Fusion for its linearity, but I felt like that added to um, to fusions being good in my eyes, make sure the the controls weren't what I was used to since I come after playing a lot of Super Metroid. But I mean, I got used to them. I played through the game. I really liked the interactions with Adam and the fight with the S A X and the Omega Metroid at the end because those fights, it, the those fights in particular, the S A X fight it took me a while to get through. Like a good, a good long while, but I mean, it definitely felt like something I could do.
0: No, yeah, they, I, yeah. they are tough. That that's one thing I will say about Metroid Fusion is what it loses in terms of like open world gameplay, if you will. It most certainly makes up for in cranking up the difficulty. It's it really brings back that sort of like. Can I do this element from the original game? Have you played the original game? To ask,
1: um, I played a bit of Metroid One. I it was one of those games I played before Celeste. I've thought of returning to it. I did like I played like five minutes of Metroid One a, a couple like weeks ago, but and I, I think I made it fairly far for five minutes, but I haven't really gotten back gotten that into it mainly because I don't know where the heck I'm going. <laughs>
0: Okay, that's fair. I mean, I will say, I cannot blame anyone who tries Metroid 1 and chooses not to finish it. Uh, The original Metroid is... It's a great game. It set the basic standard for an entire genre of games. But it is hard to go back to after basically playing any other game in the Metroidvania genre... Because quality of life just not exists in that game. <laughs> it just does not. Uh, and I think, to be honest, that's one of the few reasons why I. it's one of the rare occasions where I would recommend Zero Mission, the remake, over the original, uh, if you just want to play the game and experience it. Yeah. So, let's go back to Celeste for a second, because... We we could talk about Metroid stuff all day. I always could. But one of the things I'm curious about with Celeste, then, is have you ever speedrun it, or just the casual playthrough was enough for you?
1: I attempted one any percent run. I think I got, like, an hour 45. But I haven't really, like, made it... Like, I've done a, a speed stroll, as the Hockey Tower calls it. <laughs> just to say and like where you going where you're playing through the game with the intent of like going with a, the intent of going somewhat fast but you're not really doing anything to make you go fast you're just playing you're just doing a casual playthrough except you know where all the stuff is and you can go fast
0: yeah I've definitely heard hockey use this before um one of the ways I always like to look at it is it's basically you are trying to do the game as fast as you can but you are not speed running it. <laughs> it's you know simplest way to explain it for me.
1: Yeah, that's a good that's a good way to do it.
0: Anything about Celeste that you'd like to tell us that you haven't talked about already?
1: I don't know. I feel like Farewell is really good, and all and and of course we can't we can't talk about Celeste without talking about the music. The music is phenomenal. The music is amazing. The music is it's some of the best video game music if I've heard like ever. Okay. It's, it's, it cannot be understated.
0: Okay, I'm just going to say you're saying that with MM2 Nes cartridge as your screen name. I mean, you know the the sort of challenge you're throwing down to suggest that it's be- it could be better than Mega Man. <laughs> <laughs> and Mega Man 2 in particular, which is oh, so good music all the way through. But, you know. So Actually, that's the one thing about this game, I will say, that I know very little about. I've heard the music is great, but because I haven't really watched it and I am yet to play it, I have no idea what the music is like. And one of the things with video games is, even if you were to, say, send me the link for your favourite song from the game right now, or your favourite track from the game, without actually having the game for the context to put it against... It's it's not a fair judge of the music of a game. I don't know what your thoughts would be on something like that, but that's just kinda of how I feel about it.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's it's definitely hard to um listen to a game's music and appreciate it for being part of the game as opposed to just being another song.
0: Unless it's one of those games in uh, Finance that you're so familiar yeah. with you you know, you just know that moment.
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> definitely that's okay that's that can be a case but like i don't know something from a random game i can appreciate it as being a great song but i can't really appreciate it as as being from a game and appreciate it from from that standpoint
0: that's it exactly so yeah I'm, I'm gonna ask then have you got a favorite track or favorite songs at any point during this game just for me to keep an eye out on when i do get through it eventually
1: um, in my in my eyes, my favorite track from Celeste is 5B.
0: Okay, so when you say 5B, is that the B-side levels?
1: That's the, um, the track that plays in the background when you're doing the B-side for Chapter 5.
0: Okay, cool. Just wanted to clarify so I know exactly which level, because I know this is broken down into A-sides, B-sides, and C-sides, I believe. Correct. And obviously a being the main story b and c being additional levels that go alongside it but that's a great thing in this game it seems that there is i don't know where in the development of the game the b's and the c's came into it but it definitely from a perspective looking at it now seems very much like a case of you play through side A, and this is assuming you're unaware of the b and c sides like someone like me is even though i haven't played it yet and you play all the way through A, you get to the end of the game, and then it's, boom, you've got the B-sides. You know, for me personally, I think that's really cool, and that's something that's massively beneficial to the, the indie developers, because that, oh, you thought you just finished an amazing game, but you're not. There's so much more you've got to go, is definitely something that makes you want to play it. Definitely. Let's let's move on from Celeste, but just before we get to your second pick, as as it was mentioned already, you speedrun Super Metroids, much the same as myself and many of my other guests. And, I mean, it's entirely up to you if you want to state how old you are, but given your age, it's, it's a very old game for you to have got into, so I was just curious how you got into Super Metroid.
1: All right. Well... Uh... I can't say how I got into Super Metroid without getting into like the backstory of actually my online name. Okay. So, so I was playing Geometry Dash, an appropriate game for my age. I'm not going to say my age. <laughs> so, but yes, Geometry Dash. That's it's a game. It exists. It's it's very popular with younger people. In in my eyes, I don't play it anymore, but. I was playing I was playing along and I came across a, a I came across Wily 1 from Mega Man 2 as a soundtrack in that game.
0: Uh, okay. And I,
1: and I was like this track this track is great. Where where's the game from this? Where's the game from this? So that, then I play through Mega Man 2 and I'm like this game is great. Where can I get more games like this? So then I just play more then I just play more stuff eventually get exposed to GDQ on YouTube, and then I watch Zenny's RBO run.
0: Okay, so fairly recent as well, because I think that was only a year or two ago, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, that was like AGDQ 2019, maybe?
0: Yeah, that would sound about right. That's interesting, because I was definitely going to ask you later about where your name came from, because given your age, it's even more of a surprise that you'd be into MM2. (laughs) So, you know, I mean, Mega Man 2 is a game that I had in my childhood, My, you know, I've got older brothers, I've got three older brothers in fact, and the oldest one of them is six years older than me, so we've got basically an entire history of gaming through my family. Uh, we, I remember even having the Commodore 64 when I was a kid, which, it's old, it's an incredible piece of kit, but it's old. <laughs> oh yeah. So you well, are, so we've got a little bit of backstory in your name as well, which is always cool. I always like to know where some of the names came from, and we do generally ask everyone. So, let's not hang about. Let's move straight on to your second pick.
1: Alright, my second pick is The Messenger.
0: Okay, now, as soon as we just mentioned... you just mentioned, sorry, that Celeste was your previous profile pick, let's just mention now that your current profile pick on Discord is the shopkeeper from The Messenger.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is. It's a, it's actually the player shopkeeper when the player is the shopkeeper for a moment.
0: Fair enough. There we go. So, spoiler alert, anyone who hasn't played it yet, there is a moment where you have to be the shopkeeper. Uh, so, this is a game that, personally, I absolutely loved. I waited ages to play it for who knows what reason played through it and like i was loving it all the way through the first section of the game where it's very very ninja gaiden and then i got to the second section of the game where it becomes very metroidvania and oh my god this game is fantastic so that's my thoughts on it so far so why have you picked this game
1: so I picked this game because for similar reasons to you. Well, number one, Ninja Gaiden. Ninja Gaiden's great. It's just too hard for me. I'm bad. (laughs) But (laughs) the Messenger is also great for many of the same reasons. Like the gameplay is so fluid and all the sound, the sound, the music is great. And the story and the dialogue and the characters are just just amazing and hilarious. (laughs) Shopkeeper dialogue and Corbel dialogue was all hilarious. I laughed so much
0: when I was (laughs) playing through. No, the shopkeeper was definitely very funny. Now, I'm just going to sidetrack us a little bit here. You mentioned Ninja Gaiden being incredibly incredibly difficult. Uh, Are you aware of actually how unfair it is at the end of the game.
1: I've watched Arcus speed on it. A lot.
0: Okay, <laughs> I I don't know. I'm assuming it's happened to him because it's that sort of game. But one of the things with this game is if you die to the last boss, uh, even if you've got lives left, you get backtracked back to the start of that entire section, uh, which, if I remember correctly, is actually like going back to previous levels as well. So... Yeah, this game is about as brutally unfair as you can get. <laughs> but anybody who wants to play Ninja Gaiden, I would still strongly suggest you do, because it is an absolutely brilliant game. Uh like you say, incredibly difficult, but brilliant. So Definitely. Moving back though to the messenger, which clearly, as we mentioned in the first half, has a lot of heavy influence from Ninja Gaiden. Uh, what is your favorite bit about the messenger?
1: I'd say my my favorite bit about the messenger is just all this is just how how it hands you power ups. Like okay, you can uh, <laughs> well, it's not my favorite bit, but it's definitely a bit that caught my eye, and it um. It's super cool. It's like top it's definitely one of my top set uh, my top small number. I don't, I don't bother to count. But anyways, <laughs> it's just so hilarious. Like like the messenger walks into the shop, which also by the way teaches you about the shop. And and the guy's just like, "Here, here you can wash up now." And it's just hilarious. It's hilarious. And okay. it, it and it just gives you all these power-ups where, where and, at the, at the right time, and, and, like, I think it's, it's it's definitely foreshadowing those, like, I think in the maybe in the first part it might have showed you that uh, the other ninjas wall jumping or something. Maybe.
0: Yeah, the first bit you get, as you run up to the light, you get the ninjas chopping it so they can do the second jump to teach you that bit, and I think the guy just before it mentions it if you talk to him, but, yeah, there's a few power-ups that you just literally just get given from talking, like, I think the one that I was the most amused by was when you get the, I don't remember exactly what it's called in the game, but basically the wingsuit, where you go into the shop, and the shopkeeper is just like, and you're like, oh, there's this big-ass chasm that I can't cross, I mean, I don't know what to do, and the shopkeeper just is like, oh, yeah, wait, I've got this thing that I meant to give you, (laughs) just seems yeah. like that now you can get across the gap <laughs> yeah that that was that was definitely one of the moments I was gonna mention if you didn't yeah it's it's that was one of the moments like I was loving the game for the gameplay, and that and like you said with the the claw grips for the wall, they are both just little moments that just make you appreciate how fun it seems the the game makers were having making the game as well.
1: Yeah, and then the the one of the three guys at the end of Tower of Time, I think, is like, I want to do the thing, and <laughs> yeah. that just, and that that was so cool. It's just, it's just the little things in the in the game. it's just, it's just the little the little moments.
0: No, it yeah. definitely is. There, there's so much to like about this game, and I'm going to ask you now, just before we get into anything else, is this one that you've tried speedrunning or not bothered?
1: I actually haven't beaten The Messenger fully. I did all the linear oh. part. I'm into the Metroidvania part now, and I'm loving it. So I haven't fully beaten it, so please don't spoil the story for me, even though I've already spoiled it for, <laughs> for other people. <laughs> <laughs> I, now, I now realize what I've done.
0: No, that's absolutely cool. No one's bothered by that. Otherwise, they wouldn't be listening to this bit. they just skip over to the next game. Uh... But yeah, okay, so I know not to spoil anything. You definitely should have mentioned that earlier because I was assuming that you finished it. Um, I love that you've picked a game that you haven't even finished yet. That's, that's something that I really enjoy. This game is so, so good. And we mentioned it for Celeste, so you've got to mention it for this because this game is definitely my kind of jam. What are your thoughts on the music in this game?
1: Couldn't be better. It's... It's like it's up there with Mega Man 2 and Celeste and Super Metroid. <laughs> I'd say honestly.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I love the game, and while I massively appreciate the music of Super Metroids that that very atmospheric sound that it gives, I wouldn't really put it in the same ballpark as things like Mega Man 2 or The Messenger or Ninja Gaiden, which also has some awesome music. Likely that which inspired The Messenger to have it, to be honest. Hmm. uh, (laughs) I wonder why. Yeah, I I couldn't possibly see any more links between them. You know, the whole ninja thing, all of that. It's just madness. But, no, being serious for a second, the the Messenger, the music in it is... I think the best way I can put it is it passes the is-it-a-banger test time after time.
1: Yeah. Like... You said something about Super Metroid not being in the same grade. I would say I would agree in general. Most songs in Super Metroid don't don't really put make it up there. Like there are one or two songs that are just gorgeous for me. In particular, the the front half of Meridia and Ridley's theme. Those two are my absolute favorites of Super Metroid, and they they're not like bangers. Well, Ridley's theme kind of is for me, but they're they're not really. They're they're kind of up there, but everything else just is a a tier below, in my
0: opinion. No, I know what you mean. I think the main issue I'd have with sort of lumping them in together is just purely because Super Metroid is so atmospheric versus just being, you know, banging music to play to, which is what the other games there have, at least. I don't know about Celeste, but from what you're describing, sounds very much like that's the case.
1: Yeah, it could definitely be described as that.
0: So, tell us something about the... How far are you? Where where are you up to that you remember? What's the last thing that happened?
1: Uh, I got another music note. I think I've got, like... um, I've obtained, like, two or three.
0: Okay, so... You're about halfway through the second section, effectively. Uh, So, what did you think of the Switch? from the very linear ninja Gaiden style into what is quite literally a Metroidvania. It's it could,
1: it's very well done. It's very, very well done. Like you see the and cy- the cycle repeat and you get to witness a bit of that and then it just all falls apart. And then and then that just pops you into the Metroidvania style. And then the time travel mechanic is it's great.
0: The time travel mechanic is very cool in fairness, very simple, very well executed, and the switch between 8-bit and 16-bit is fantastic.
1: Yes, the mu- I love the music, the way they yes. did the, the switch and the music, it's, it's so well done.
0: Actually, one of the things I love about the music in this game as well is when you do an underwater section and it gets a muted effect to it, really well done, really cool effect
1: that too
0: that too that's that's so good yeah it's 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 genuinely like when i first hit the water in it went under and i was like wait hold on went back out went back in went back out went back in and i was like that is brilliant i love it instantly and it was just <laughs> it's it's such a simple effect such a small thing to put in but it's just a really beautiful touch which really lends itself to the Just the whole atmosphere of the game. Definitely. I've got to ask, because one of the things that I know other people have mentioned, and I didn't really find it to be the case myself, but I know a lot of people found the bosses in this game very difficult. Did you have any trouble with any? What were your thoughts so far?
1: They weren't trivial, but they weren't Dark Souls.
0: Okay, so I'm going to just tell you up front that I haven't played any Dark Souls, but I'm aware of its reputation, so I get what you're saying. That's
1: okay, I haven't either.
0: <laughs> okay, so, yet again, Dark Souls' reputation pervades. I mean, I can understand when you say not trivial, because that that's a completely fair thing. But some of the people who I've spoken to about this game suggest that they found some of the bosses really, really hard Uh, one that a lot of people mention is, I can't think what the character's name is, but the Fallen Messenger one?
1: The the one at the end of the underworld?
0: Let me have a quick look, let me see what it's called. Uh,
1: Yeah.
0: The Queen of Quills is the one that it is. Oh, that
1: one. I don't think I had too much trouble with that one.
0: Uh, I mean, I, I genuinely don't think I had a lot of trouble with any of them. Uh, you know there's definitely moments of having to have to just learn what to do against them um, but I don't think I found any particularly hard at all uh, what would you say is the hardest one you encountered
1: uh, My, the most difficult for me to beat was the one at the end of the underworld, the demon guy uh, the guy who was watching you the whole run, the whole playthrough
0: and all that stuff um, is that the guy with the the two-sided sword and, like, the horns, like the demon guy? Yeah, that guy. Uh, like, Barma something? Um, well, yeah,
1: I think so.
0: I don't remember the name. But, no, yeah, in fairness, that was quite an annoying boss. Uh, I mean, you haven't encountered the one that I found the most annoying yet. So I don't want to spoil that for you, so I won't mention it. Maybe we'll mention it on another episode at some point. But there's one, I mean, the bit that I find annoying isn't really uh, a boss as such in the sense that you don't have to actually fight and kill it. But if you want to get literal, it's definitely a boss sequence. I don't know how familiar you are, so as I say, I won't say any more than that. I'll just leave it there. You'll know when you get to it, or you'll have an idea when you get to it, what I'm talking about. Uh,
1: Yeah, I'm sure I will. I don't think I've gotten
0: to to that yet. No, yeah. Well, I mean, let me know when you finish it, and I'll just tell you then, because, like I say, I don't want to spoil too much of it for you, so we won't get too far into that. So, I'm curious if you've got anything else about The Messenger you want to bring up at all?
1: I don't really think so. I
0: I mean, the only thing I'm going to bring up then is anyone who's listening who hasn't played The Messenger, play The Messenger. It's fantastic. Uh, especially if you have any interest in any of the other games we've mentioned throughout this process, because it's an amazing game, and it does evoke the memories of so many other really good games. Right, so, with that being the case, let's move on from this game then, because I'm worried that this time we're going to drift into the realms of me spoiling things for you. So, let's not get that far and let's move on but before we move on to your third pick something that I ask absolutely everybody and I'm gonna say that this should be a bit fresher in your memory than some others because you are definitely a lot younger than the rest of the or a lot of my guests what is it that got you into gaming I mean I'll be honest from what I know of most age groups younger than me and in particular your age group It's just something that's about, but I'm curious if there's anything specific that got you into it and made you think, I'm a gamer.
1: Well, um, I've been gaming for a while, as I suspect most people have said. I I got into gaming with Minecraft when I was, like, I don't know, eight or nine, or or younger than I should have been.
0: (laughs) I'm going to be honest, (laughs) on on the subject of Minecraft, I'm just going to say... I don't think there's an inappropriate age to be playing Minecraft in purely for the reason that worst case scenario, put it well, on creative uh, mode. Fair point. Fair point. But yeah, Yeah, on. I got into I yeah, I
1: got into Minecraft when I was very young. And I don't really remember how. I think just people at my school were talking about it and I was like, Oh, I should play this so I'd probably beg my parents to buy it and they <laughs> did and I played it for a fair bit, a fair bit. Um, I don't know. I played that for a couple of years almost exclusively. There was like another, there was like another game that I played once, maybe, maybe twice, <laughs> and then I recently got back into it and did a speed run of it. Rogue Soul, to, Rogue Soul Two. It's a flash game that I played in elementary school, and then I did a speed run of it. Mm-hmm. But anyway, that's okay. You. Probably weren't on like flash game sites because it came out. I don't know, a couple years. I don't know, five or six years back eight years back. But anyways, I played Minecraft for a while, and then eventually I got into more "quote unquote" popular games, including Geometry Dash, like I mentioned previously, which then got me into retro gaming. And then definitely once I got into Super Metroid is when I when I got that I'm a gamer moment because like I just. I love playing Super Metroid. I loved watching other people's people play Super Metroid, especially speedrunning it. So that's definitely what made me a quote-unquote a gamer, so to speak.
0: Okay, no, that's fair enough. Now, I will just say that when you said a more quote-unquote popular game, I'm just like, really? More popular than Minecraft?
1: <laughs> hey, some pe- some people, I don't know, I'm not talking about popular. I'm talking about popular in terms of like school, like what was uh, in at the time. Uh, like, yeah, what in was your... in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that. I think it was like I don't know. I don't remember what it was. It was something. <laughs> Probably some like no, phone game or something.
0: No, I mean my my personal experience of Minecraft. I played it back in 2009, I want to say, maybe early 2010, not long after it had first come out, and I I didn't not enjoy it, but at the time, I just didn't have patience for that sort of game, Uh, it wasn't in any way, shape, or form the sort of thing I was looking to play then, so I didn't, Um, but... The only other experience I've got is it is my niece, who is, uh, I I don't know how old she is. I'll be honest, I'm really bad with ages of children. Uh, I know how old my child is. (laughs) That's the bit that matters. Um, But, yeah, my niece, it was definitely a few years ago, uh, possibly early teens. I don't remember, as I say, exactly how old she is. But she is... Basically, for Christmas, given an Xbox One, she gets she wants Minecraft with it. She's been asking for it for months and months because that's what all the kids are playing. And she basically does nothing but play Minecraft for I don't know six months to a year before she discovers The Sims and then gets into The Sims instead, and now goes back and forth between the two of them. But that's that's like literally the extent of my actual play in Minecraft. But Minecraft is the sort of game that is impossible to avoid and impossible to ignore if you are in any way into gaming. like Everyone knows about it. You will always hear about it. It is just one of those games. And to be honest, it is pretty cool game. Some of the stuff that's been done with that game, like in the creative mode, like with people building stuff, that alone is some incredible work. I mean, some might argue it's a waste of time, But they're not gamers. And you know that because they thought playing a game was a waste of time. (laughs) But, I mean, some people would call them parents. Like, I I know at some point I'm going to have to tell my child that he's wasting too much time playing video games. And that's going to be such a hypocritical moment in my life. Because if playing video games is in any way, shape, or form a waste of time... I am a master of wasting time. But that's enough about me. Let's move on. <laughs> so, <laughs> as we, you know, we've, we've had two great games so far in both The Celeste and The Messenger, and I'm, I'm curious to see what we're going to get. So let's go straight on to your third game, please.
1: Alright, third game, Mega Man 2, for the Nintendo Entertainment System.
0: Okay, now, as I mentioned earlier, the game that I grew up with had, for as long as I can remember, absolutely love. Tunes are bangers all the way through. So I've just got to ask, because there's so many things it could actually be, and I mean that very literally with this game. Why, Why this game?
1: Why this game? Because it was the first retro game. First retro game, I call retro, like, before two thousand and five really. Like before the GBA era was over and PS1. Okay. That's that's my thoughts. But anyways.
0: Thanks for making me feel like move on.
1: You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, we all we all knew I was gonna do that at some point. I'm young. I had to do it. But anyways, it was Kids the first these re- days. <laughs> <laughs> Kids these days. Anyways, it was the first retro game I played. It's what got me into everything else I play and I go back and play it a lot. Like I don't I don't have the I'm not gonna speedrun it. I tried. I don't like speedrunning it. I just like playing and beating the game and then moving on. But it's it's definitely a nostalgic experience when I replay
0: it. No, for me. I can completely understand that. Especially that bit that you just said about uh, trying to speedrun it and it's just not a game for you to speedrun because Mega Man 2 in particular is a game that I have also experienced that exact thing with, uh, because it's a game, like I say, I grew up with, I absolutely love this game, and much like yourself, I gave Speedrun it a try, and decided, yeah, that's not for me, uh, but I'm still just going to enjoy playing the hell out of this game, because how can you not it's such a good game and as we mentioned nearly every tune in this game is a banger so i've got to ask i don't remember specifically whether it's wily one or wily two that a two sorry that is generally reported to be or favored to be the best track in the game but what's your best track in the game
1: my favorite track in the game probably wily (laughs) one (laughs) <laughs> Wily well, One, like everybody else says, yeah. it's 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 just so good. It's what got me into the game.
0: No, I can completely understand that, especially given the story we had a couple of minutes ago. But yeah, it, like like I say, I can never remember whether it's Wily One or Wily Two that is the, the sort of infamous track, if you will. But so so good all the way through. They are like just. The music's brilliant, genuinely. If, if anybody hasn't played these games, these are some of the tunes where, as long as you can enjoy 8-bit music, and, yeah, you, you don't need to play the game to enjoy some of these tunes. You can see exactly how much of a banger they are without ever needing to actually play the game. But, play the game. It, it's tough. It's, it's an Ezzy, You know, it's gonna be tough. But, yeah, give it a go. <laughs> uh... That That's something else, actually. As one of our younger guests, or definitely my youngest guest, what are your thoughts on, especially someone who's got into retro gaming as well, and I'm going to refer to retro gaming as whatever the hell I want, so <laughs> shut up, you uh, Wow. Yeah, as someone who got into retro gaming yourself, how do you find the difficulty of retro games versus for lack of a better term, the games you grew up on, the more modern games.
1: Modern games definitely coddle you more. Like, they definitely are more Um, go this way, do this thing, here's how you do this, press this button, do this thing. As opposed to retro games where it's like, throws you onto the side of the road, figure it out yourself.
0: <laughs> no, that's fair. That's definitely the biggest thing I think everybody takes away from this stuff. But... Let's go back to Mega Man 2 for a second. So, Wily 1's your favourite music. What's your favourite actual stage in the game?
1: Favourite actual stage is... I don't know... Probably... Either Fireman or Wily 1.
0: Okay. So... Let's skip Wily 1 for a second. Why Fireman?
1: No, it's not Fireman. Heatman. Anyways. Heatman... Fireman, Fireman's from Mega Man One, but anyways, Heatman. There's the there's the disappearing blocks puzzle. We all know the disappearing blocks <laughs> puzzle. I hadn't done Airman by that point, so I I decided I was gonna do that. And like I said with Celeste, it's one of those things that I stuck it out and did it, as opposed to just th- throwing the game in the trash and well, and walking away. <laughs>
0: oh. <laughs> Fair play to you because the disappearing block section is definitely one of the what's the best way to put this? More infamous, like difficult moments of the game, or frustrating moments of the game is probably the better way to phrase it for this one. Funny enough, the reason I specifically asked you about Heatman versus you know, ignoring Wiley One for a second is quite specifically because it's my favorite one to watch people play to see how wound up they get by it. So, yeah. Uh, But let's go on to Wily One. Why Wily One, then, apart from the fact that it's quite possibly a masterpiece of a level?
1: Yeah. Well, obviously, number one, music's great. Music is fantastic. Top five music tracks in a video game. Or not in a video game for me, but anyways, okay. the, yeah, the the final section where it has you platforming on um one tile blocks, and then it has the dragon just appear from from behind you, which is something I got to in the messenger, by the way, in <laughs> in in in, in, cl- in the cloud stage that was, which which in, when I was playing the messenger, I was like, wow that <laughs> because i thought back to wily one and i was like wow that's that's such a reference it's oh, yeah. probably not but it could it could definitely be oh i think but it works. is but it, it i just love that it i just like the way that it just plops you onto these platforms and then it has oh there's a dragon chasing you and you have it's kind of like a it's like a forced speed run like kind of to some extent it's forced speed run
0: okay no i see what you're saying i mean most people, especially uh, I guess what I'm going to have to refer to as old gamers, would refer to as an auto-scroller to a degree, but yeah, I know exactly what you're saying you definitely have to keep pace, and you have to keep a high pace with that level and I'm just going to say I am extremely confident in saying that the way it's set up in the messenger is specifically a reference to MM2 and the main reason for that is if you are someone who has played a lot of old nez and snes games there is a lot of references throughout the entirety of the messenger to other games and i think a lot of them there's probably loads that i've missed because there's games that i haven't played but there's a lot there. if you haven't played the game you won't pick up on them but there is a lot of references in there and great to see Mega Man 2 get in like a little bit in on that, because what a game. Just genuinely, what fantastic a fantastic game Mega Man 2 is.
1: I definitely agree. And I'm just going to take a second to ask you, did you spot that reference when you played the Messenger? Like, did you notice that reference oh, the Mega, Mega Man, Mega Man 2? 2? Yeah.
0: Oh yeah, straight away. <laughs> <laughs> Like there uh, were there was multiple bits where in the cloud temple bit where you've got the dragon chasing you across the things, uh, I think it does it once to the left and once to the right, or you may do it more than once. But you know it does it to the left and to the right at different points, and I don't think I don't remember which way round it was. But I know when I did the right hand side, I was just like oh my god, I'm going to have to fight this dude at the end, and you get to the end of that bit, and you can just go through a door and then not long after more references to the dragon, it happens a few times really throughout the game Uh, but yeah no, there is, like I say, there is a lot of references to other games and I'd say that you've got to be seriously seriously hardcore gamer to pick up on all of them, but you can pick up on a lot of them just by having played games for most of your life like I have, and like you have. I mean, you picked up that one, and it's not even a game that's within your age range to be quite literal. <laughs> but... Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, so with Mega Man 2 then, I've got to ask you, how do you find the gameplay? Because in terms of what I'm just going to say is quality of life, it's not necessarily great. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of features that come into later editions of the Mega Man games and also things added into the MMX games, which, in terms of quality of life improvements, are massive. But Mega Man 2 doesn't really have a lot. So what are your thoughts on that, just the general gameplay, the difficulty, and how it works?
1: I feel like it definitely makes the game better because it feels like the game is meant to be hard. Cause like, just take from Heat Man. There's that one jump before the first um, disappearing block section. That's just it looks easy. It looks so easy, but it's just it's so it's so annoying. Because <laughs> it's it's hard to control your jumps.
0: There is it, <laughs> another one on yeah. that stage. I uh, I don't remember exactly where in the stage, but you know when you've got the pillars and you've got to climb them, and there's the little enemies that spawn out the holes in the background. Yeah. There's like one of the those where there's a jump just after a really tall one, but there's almost always an enemy that's in your way, and if you don't know how to deal with it, I can only imagine how frustrating it must be for people.
1: <laughs> definitely, that was definitely one of the things I struggled with my when I played that for the when I played Mega Man Two for the first time.
0: <laughs> no, yeah, I can understand. It is. It is not a kind game. But one of the things about it is I never feel like it's trying, like, you never feel like the game's trying to cheat you. It's being slap you in the face difficult, but it never feels like, now hold on, that's completely different to how you set the standard for already, if you know what I mean.
1: Yeah, like, there's no real, just, bullshit stuff. It's just all your, it's all just, this game's hard, get over it
0: actually, in fairness, there is now that I think about it, in in Heatman in the disappearing block section, there is one particular bit that is a little bit of a oh, you bastard, you trolled me.
1: Oh, yeah, that that one, that (laughs) one. With the extra
0: life. (laughs) Yes.
1: That one. That moment. And then the, the one where it goes up and then it just has the big draw. <laughs> the big drop into the into the acid or yes,
0: whatever. Yeah. It's it's definitely a game. I do want to ask you, if you remember the first time you were playing through it, or the first you know, until you completed that level, uh how did you feel about Flashman's thing? No, not Flashman. Is it Quickman? Oh uh, Quickman the beams coming in from the sides through sections. That's, that's Quickman. It quick, is Quickman, yeah.
1: I felt like that was... It was one another one of these, of the games, just this game is hard moments. That's fair. Like, I, it didn't yeah. feel unfair. Well, it didn't feel unfair until it tossed me power-ups and then it's just like, <laughs> you know, you can't have those because if you do, you'll die. It but it, aside from that, it didn't really feel unfair. No, just I mean It felt difficult.
0: See, now that's one of the things I'd say. With, like... Th- the quick man level really highlights it in that the game isn't necessarily unfair but it likes to tempt you with seemingly better odds than what you've got like collecting some of the items in the quick man stage and as i mentioned it i should mention the reason that i thought flash man is because it's the flash man ability that you want to get to make quick man stage easier so spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't played the game Uh, But you're a little bit late. It's a very old game. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But, yeah, and and that's, that's another thing. That's something that makes all of the Mega Man games so fun is that you've got, you pick up ability X from this stage and it actually has uses not just against another boss, but actually within the levels themselves, there are valid and specific uses for many of the skills that you get and i mean that that's not just in the context of a speedrun either that's that's just in general
1: definitely like there's all those crashman blocks yeah that if you if you kill crashman you, you know you can kill those blocks in the stage that's just the most obvious example but it's definitely there
0: definitely i mean there is many good examples of it and there are some really challenging moments in that game that can be made easier by stuff like the Crash Man blocks which you could destroy. But of course, to get there, you've got to have beaten Crash Man, which in itself is its own challenge. So, yeah. I mean, tell me something about this game that we haven't talked about that that you love about it. I
1: don't know. The Metal... (laughs) It's definitely not intended, but Metal Man being weak to his own ability in the brief fights was just hilarious <laughs> like I like I was going through the abilities and I was and then I just like okay I guess I guess I gotta try metal blade can't be, we do that right two shots him oh alrighty then <laughs> next boss
0: <laughs> to be honest it's it's beyond weak against this own ability I mean yeah. but like you say it's not intentional and it probably isn't. But I like to think that it is because at the end of the day, you are shooting giant metal razor blades at people. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm just saying, like head cannon. It it's meant to be to me. But let's let's move on. And soon as that was our third game, I'm going to take us on a little tangent here. Now, this is something that, because I know you haven't listened to the show, you probably weren't aware of, though somebody may have mentioned it to you, I don't know, but right now, we're going to throw a little curveball your way. With you on the island, I'm also going to let you take one album, one movie or book, and one luxury item. This is a bit that a lot of people struggle with. What you want to take? So, I mean, I tend to think it's easiest to get an answer if you focus on one part of it. So, let's just start off with your album. Not that it's the easiest place to start by any stretch of the imagination.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you could say, luxury item, the keyboard. The keyboard that I play literally every retro game on.
0: (laughs) I mean, if if you want to take your specific keyboard as your luxury item, you are most certainly welcome to.
1: Of course. Of course. Okay, I couldn't I could anyway. imagine another I couldn't imagine another way.
0: I mean, there we go. There uh, we go. That's that's your luxury item covered, and that was probably the quickest luxury item answer we've had on the entirety of this show. It falls into a very similar vein to what of a few others. Like somebody picked headphones because they want to have a particularly, you know, nice set of headphones. And I've gotta mention it, Tracy M wanted to take her cats. Because she just just wanted to have her cats. And that's cool. But you've picked a keyboard. Like you didn't even pick like the top flight keyboard that you could get. You want your keyboard.
1: Of course I do. I I don't know, it feels like it's part of my identity as as a Super Metroid spinner. I'm the guy who plays the game on the keyboard. <laughs> I'm not the guy, I'm one of the guys. But
0: uh, yeah there's a few guys, yeah. but no you I think you're definitely one of the more prominent of the current guys who' still playing that play with it. one thing with that do you play anything with a controller
1: um let me think
0: I mean I'm going to assume generally not based on the fact that you have to think about it,
1: <laughs> yeah, in general, I play most games on the keyboard I bought. I bought Celeste on um I bought Celeste on Steam after having bought it on the Switch specifically for the sole reason so that I could play it on the keyboard. That's the only reason I did
0: it. <laughs> no, that's fair. I mean, you know, you got a preference, you got a preference. I like to change it up depending on what I'm playing. But I I can definitely understand. There's definitely something with the keyboard, uh, or a keyboard or mouse setup that is very, very Appealing when it comes to playing a lot of games, especially when you're someone like me who spends most of their game in these days on the PC uh, Though I will say I I kind of get what you mean with the P- the keyboard thing even though. I've got an absolutely crappy keyboard uh, I mean, I've got an old ps2 keyboard, and I don't mean the PlayStation 2 I mean a keyboard that connects via a ps2 connector I uh, and you you know you'll find i'm pretty sure there's motherboards now which don't even have them so at some point i'm probably gonna have to get an actual usb keyboard but yeah i i kind of get it because i have a special attachment to this keyboard even though there's nothing particularly good about it it's just yeah this is the keyboard that i like uh I even asked them in work to give me a keyboard which had keys which are more similar in shape to the one that I've got. (laughs) So, (laughs) you know, fortunately, I had that option. They have flat, chunky, whatever you want, so it wasn't so bad. But, yeah, let's backtrack a little bit here, because we're going off topic. You've got one album and one movie or book.
1: Well, definitely taking War Games for my movie.
0: Okay, yeah. Now that is a bit of an interesting choice. So, why that game?
1: It's it's a movie.
0: Sorry, yeah. uh, why that yeah. movie? Yes, yeah. um, <laughs> sorry, distracted for a sec. Oh, you're fine.
1: Um, <laughs> it's more like one of the "I'm a Gamer" movies. It's, and besides, I, well, of course, I really enjoy watching it. I watch it a a fair bit.
0: Okay, so one of these movies that you have yeah. definitely watched yeah. multiple times. Okay. It's like
1: the protagonist is a. It's a, the protagonist is an '80s computer hacker who like just <laughs> who hacks into the school system to 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 fix his grades, and then he just doesn't. He just starts a war with Russia. How can you get better than that? <laughs>
0: In fairness, it is pretty pretty much just the perfect summation of. I, I don't even know what '80s. Kids, sci-fi, computer tech type stuff in movies. I don't know how to describe it. I don't know what genre you'd put it as, but yeah, it just fits the mold almost perfectly. Um, Now that movie is in fact older than I am, so I'm curious how you came across it.
1: My dad showed it. My dad showed it to everybody. So, so yeah, that's how I got exposed to it. I don't know how he how he got exposed to it, but.
0: No, I understand. I mean, it's just one of those, you know, you've got to ask the question. Uh, I've also got to ask the question, have you ever seen the sequel? I have not. Yeah, don't. Like, keep keep it that way. Do yourself a favour. It was, like, 25, 30 years later on the release, and it was, like, direct-to-video, so you can only imagine how bad it actually is. <laughs>
1: That's like I don't know. I wouldn't say that's like the Matrix Two because the Matrix Two isn't bad; it's just confusing as all hell.
0: Uh, look, we're not going to talk about the Matrix films. I'm not doing it. Okay, I'm okay. fine with that. <laughs> no, it's just it's one of those series that if you want to pick it as one of your movies, we can de- or as a movie, you can have a discussion about it. But otherwise, I'm going to avoid it because people get really pissy about these movies and i don't get it like none of them are terrible movies there's definitely a massive sidestep in terms of effective world building and storytelling from the first movie to the second but the idea that the second movie is terrible is far too common for my liking to make any sense But anyway, that's enough about The Matrix 2. So we've got a luxury item and a movie out of you. By the way, minus points for not picking a book. And we just need one album.
1: I will have you know I read books way more than I watch movies.
0: (laughs) I I never said you did I'm just saying, minus points for not picking a book. That's what I'm going to say.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I like the way you think.
0: (laughs) Like, to be honest, these days, I probably watch more movies than I read books, or at least finish books, Uh, but I don't really watch a lot of movies either, so yeah, but I'm always going to love books a lot more than what I do think about movies, even if there's definitely periods in my life where I've been a bit of a cinephile, but stop distracting from the point and give us one album, please.
1: I am not the guy who listens to albums.
0: Okay, Uh, I mean, what would you say is the album you've listened to the most, then, just in general?
1: I mean, if you could count a video game soundtrack as kind of an album.
0: If there's enough music in it to make up a soundtrack, that could make up an album of music, yeah, why not?
1: I'd honestly probably say the Messenger soundtrack.
0: Yeah, that is a banging soundtrack, I couldn't blame you for that. (laughs) do you know what I mean I don't know how into sort of like metal music and power metal and any of the million billion possible different iterations of metal you're into but there is a lot of metal covers of video game music and some of them are very very good some of them are just bang average but some of them are very very good and I can't honestly say I've picked out any from the messenger but there is a particular Ninja Gaiden one which I think I probably find and send a link to to show you if you haven't seen it already uh, or heard it already which just because of the influence you'll get messenger vibes off it straight away so I'll see if I can find that and send it over to you later But, there we go. We'll take the Messenger soundtrack as your album. I'm willing to do that. And just before we do move on to your final game, something else I want to ask you. Are there any games coming up that have got you particularly excited at the moment? I mean, we've had a lot of announcements recently for different stuff. And is there anything that stands out to you that makes you think, I want that?
1: I don't know. I haven't been too excited with all the stuff. There's probably something that I'm forgetting of, (laughs) forgetting about.
0: Uh, Fair enough. I'm going to ask the question because most of the Super Metroid guys or the Metroid guys that you speak to uh, are all waiting on Metroid Prime 4, so have you played the original trilogy and are you in any way excited about 4 outside of the fact that it's a Metroid game that you're looking forward to trying?
1: I mean... I'm definitely looking forward to trying it. I had. I'm actually trying to. I'm try. I'm trying to play the first three, at least the first one. Um, sometime soon, hopefully, but I haven't played it yet. But I definitely want to play it. I put it off for a while just because I haven't been really interested in it. But I've definitely seen a lot of people who play SM play Prime, play Prime Prime games. So I, I'm. I figure. I figure I may as well give it a go
0: no that's fair i mean I, I definitely suggest giving it a go it is going to be very different experience to you from playing any of the two D games but i would definitely say it's worth giving it a go because one of the things that i think is great to experience and especially especially obvious with metroid prime one is how good of a job the is it retro studios i think that made it how good of a job they've done at making the game feel like it's about exploring not about going around and shooting people obviously you've still got that element to it but you should definitely give it a go to experience how effective they are at making it about the exploration but yeah definitely give it a go check it out because it is worth it may not be for you there's plenty of people who it's not for but give it a go. I definitely would recommend it, especially as you're a fan of the Metroid series so far, anyway. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, let's get into it then. What is your fourth and final pick?
1: <laughs> you already know, Super Metroid.
0: Well, in Venice, I didn't know. This is one of the reasons why I don't like to know, because I speak to so many from the Super Metroid community in general, the speedrunning community in general, that. I don't like to know because I like to get surprised by whether you're going to pick Super Metroid or not. So, <laughs> I mean, I can understand it. Uh, I'm not overly surprised that you picked it, but I am definitely curious to know why Super Metroid.
1: Why, why Super Metroid? It's, it's honestly one of the best. It's definitely top two games I've played ever. It's it feels like there's so many ways to play it, you could never get bored with it. There like just take a look at the number of categories on speedrun.com for Super Metroid. Like it's there's so many different categories. There's so many ways to play the game. You you can't run out.
0: No, that's fair. And I mean in in terms of talking about it in terms of options in terms of speedrun categories like that, there is also I can say for a fact, and I'm sure you're aware of it at this point, there is a number Of categories and different variations which have been suggested which basically haven't been included on the boards purely because either a not enough people want to run them or B and this is specifically what I was thinking of when I came out with this example there's not enough of a difference in terms of routing or strategy to already existing categories even though you have a specifically different objective which does occur in some categories but yeah i think you're spot on there is a huge number of varieties and ways you can approach this game there is so much you can do and this is before you even drift down the realms of you know using the glitches like the x-ray climbing out of bounds can take you to so many places you know there is a lot of stuff like that that you can do it's a pretty incredible game and I'm gonna stand by; it's the greatest game ever made. Uh, I've definitely got a personal bias when I say that, but I think objectively, it holds up incredibly well after 25 years of existence. And there's not many games that come close to it on that front. But enough about my thoughts on Super Metroid. Your thoughts on Super Metroid?
1: I would What's... definitely. I would definitely <laughs> say it's the, it's the greatest it's the, great, the greatest game ever made. No, as, I, um, as you said
0: for me personally there's there's games that come incredibly close but there's no game that blends so well and at the end of the day the genre metroidvania exists because of this series but the main basis of what makes a metroidvania is super metroid uh, you know it's just got those quality of life improvements over the original metroid which set the standard And it's still, to this day, the flag-bearer of the Metroidvania genre. Uh, There are some very good games that are potentially challenges to that. I know a lot of people rave about Hollow Knight. I still personally would pick Super Metroid, but there's a lot of really good examples of this genre. So, with Super Metroid, tell us your favourite thing about the game and your least favourite thing about the game.
1: I'll start with the least favorite thing about the game. The least favorite thing about the game being the lower Norfair hidden wall. I've seen so many (laughs) casual players do reverse acid dive where they don't have to. And I'm not going to be the guy who spoils the game by telling them there's a hidden wall you can just walk through. You can't x-ray it, you can't bomb it, you can't do anything. You just have to walk through it. That is the sole thing I think could be made better about this game. I'm not. <laughs> I think I I would not change a thing outside
0: of that. I I think the fact that you can't X-ray it is particularly particularly harsh. But you know it that example is brilliant because I I don't tend to watch a lot of people uh, casually playing this game. I don't tend to watch a lot of speedruns of this anymore unless I'm looking for specific things or unless it's specific runners that I watch on a consistent basis. Unless it's randomised. If it's a randomizer race, I'm definitely interested in watching, but that's a different story. And yet another way to play this game, which is fantastic. Um, Random's great. Yeah, but one of the things I can't remember exactly who it was but one of the Super Mario World Runners that I watched played this casually and he was talking as he was coming up to the Ridley fight talking about this is roughly where he got to you know when he played it as a kid and when he played it like five six years ago and just couldn't work out what to do he refuses to look it up you know he didn't want a thing he wanted to play through it properly he wanted to work it out for himself and I don't remember how many hours into his actual play he was, but he spent about an hour after Ridley trying to work it out across two sessions. So he was playing for like half hour after beating Ridley, couldn't figure it out. He, when he started his next game play the next day or whenever it was, he was trying to get out again, couldn't work it out decided he was going to go for the reverse lava drive died like four times trying to do it and decided that's not what you're meant to do and I was a little bit like it's not, but it's definitely possible (laughs) that's all I'm sat there thinking and when he accidentally discovered (laughs) where he was meant to go the, the look of pure rage on his face And he instantly was just like, I'm going to be back in a couple of minutes, like turned off his camera, Mike went dead, and you just know he was borderline deciding whether he needed to smash his controller to smithereens or not. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I I completely understand your point with that bit. Uh, 100%, especially from a casual perspective, the worst part of the game. (laughs) But
1: the fact that that is the worst part of the game speaks wonders speaks volumes about the game nope. as a
0: whole yeah definitely and i think from a casual perspective it's got a beautiful level of challenge and difficulty without becoming crazy unfair because you can go into something very underpowered without realizing it end up killing yourself or dying as it should be the case Uh, Like, for example, the fantoon fight is one. You could accidentally stumble into that, get absolutely brutalised trying to work out what you're supposed to do, but then, because of the way this game is, you can go and look for other stuff. You know, you can go and find more upgrades to get more health, more ammo, better weapons, whatever it may be, come back and beat the living shit out of Fantoon. So... You know, from a casual perspective, that's one of the really, really cool things about the whole genre but this game in particular is beautifully balanced in my opinion and on that front
1: Definitely, and of course you can do so many other things like you can just walk into Lower Norfolk like an RBO, half naked and dead already and then just beat the living shit out of Ridley <laughs>
0: Yeah, and you know, that's the opposite end of the scale, isn't it? You can be at a point in this game where you are so good, you can reverse boss order take consistent and constant damage on your way to that boss, beat the living hell out of him, and escape all while still being alive and, don't get me wrong while very challenging it's not even the hardest part of that category, at least not in my opinion
1: (laughs) Yes it is No, the hardest
0: part of that category is the Dragon Escape.
1: Dragon escapes?
0: (laughs) No, it's not. It it is, because I still can't do it.
1: (laughs) Drag, I will teach you after this. I will sit down with you and teach you.
0: Mm, That would require me running RBO.
1: Okay, fair enough.
0: I'm just just saying, as the person who does
1: suitless Meridia in two-player RBO, it's not that hard. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah it's, no, it, in fairness I now wonder how much of my problems when I was doing that is down to the condition of the the silicon pads in my D-pads because I know I showed you a picture not too long ago of one of the uh, carbon pads basically being entirely torn out of it, just from 20 plus years of use on the controller, so I'm wondering how much of it is that and how much of it is just me being incompetent. But I guess I'll find it out at some point. But it won't be anytime soon. As much as I love this game, I'm not ready to start speedrunning it again right now.
1: Fair enough. That's 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 completely understandable.
0: Yeah, I mean, though I will be at least trying to play through the qualifiers for the upcoming speed game in live tournament, uh, randomizer tournament, but it's been a long time and I want to get back into the randomizer a little bit so that's definitely something I'm going to look forward to not expecting it to go well and uh, not even sure I'm going to be able to make all of the times but we're going to give it a go uh, definitely
1: I will I will definitely be there
0: well I look forward to seeing how this goes then so we obviously asked about your least favorite bit of the game what's your favorite bit of the game then
1: my favorite bit of the game um, my favorite bit of the game is just a walk to Ridley in Lower Norfair. Like you know what's coming. You know like you remember like you've seen the, the Golden Force statues, you've seen that Ridley's there, you've killed everything else, and you know Ridley's down there somewhere, and you know what you have to do. And it's just and then Lower Norfair music kicks in, you just sit back, you get screw attacking, you just kill everything, and then you just find Ridley and beat the shit out of him out of
0: him and it feels so good. It feels so good. <laughs> Fair enough. No, I get that. Yeah. I mean, especially if you've gone far enough to have found plasma before you go down there, then you are definitely about to go and beat the shit out of him because though Ridley can most certainly present his own challenge and his his AI is absolutely incredible for the era. Uh, I think Asger spoke about it a bit when I recorded with him, and he was he he knew about it in a lot more detail than me. So this is going to be very layman by comparison, but basically his tail and his body have separate AIs, and they are like the tail is affected by the body, but it's not affected by the body. <laughs> it's sort of like oh, okay. Cool. <laughs> yeah, it's it's when you think about this, this is an old sixteen-bit Super Nintendo game, and if uh, have a listen to the Arjda one because he he knows a lot more on the technical side of this than I do, but some of the like tricks and way that they coded this game to squeeze things into it is incredible, and. Then you look at modern games, and Call of Duty is, what, over 200 gig now? Probably. It's, it's, it's wild what you can do with so little when you're forced to by the technology. It really is. And that's one of the incredible things about so much of the Super Nintendo. But Super Metroid is a phenomenal example of it.
1: Definitely and if we're talking if we're talking speedrunning wise i would just say the the most satisfying thing to do is just the metroid rooms when you get it all right and you can just do them all in one go and just execute them all perfectly which when i do that in practice it feels so good that's just my favorite thing to do
0: no that's fair the the metroid rooms are definitely as a speedrunner they're rooms that in theory are very very easy but in practice can be incredibly frustrating because why didn't that go right why didn't this go right like how do i keep screwing this up and you're never slowing them but you're always too slow because you're speed running yeah <laughs> you know, it's speed running brings a different element to gaming that i don't think is necessarily for everyone And as much as I've enjoyed speedrunning that game, I know when I need a break from it, and when I'm okay with it. Definitely. I guess I've got to ask, with speedrunning it, was that just something you came to after seeing the run? Or did you think, I'm going to have to play through this casually first? How did that unfold for you?
1: I hadn't even heard of Super Metroid before I saw Zenny's RBO run. I just saw the thumbnail. Which is, which by the way is of Samus leaving series. And okay. I was like, oh, this game looks cool. I watched Throne. Whoa, you can do that. I have to play this. <laughs> Plays it casually. Whoa. That was incredible. Now I have to speed run this. <laughs> and then I speedrun
0: it. No, that's fair. And I think this is this is quite an unusual game in the sense that you know, any game can be speedrun but when you look at this game, it's one of the early examples, especially for games that have stay in power, it's one of the early examples of a game that literally gives you a time at the end for how long it took you to finish it. Now that in-game time isn't literal real time, you're aware of that, I'm aware of that, but obviously until people started real time tracking it, that in-game time alone is like, well, hold on, I could do it faster than this and then i wonder if i can make it faster again and it's literally a game built for speedrunning before speedrunning even existed yeah so with this game seeing as you played it casually then you got into the speedrun did you start with the any percent speedrun
1: yes i started with the any percent i really really i started with the any percent and then very soon after i started i got the i did the 100% speedrun as well like I, I did like um, one or two completed runs of any percent, and then I learned Hundo because I don't any% know. It feels sucks. like what was that?
0: I said it, you did it because any percent sucks.
1: Not really. I just did it because like <laughs> <laughs> yes, any percent sucks definitely. Like I really did it because I wanted some other things to do. Like I didn't any%? want to just be the, a one trick pony. I didn't want to be like I can only run any percent. No, I can not understand that. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel... And Hondo was one of the easiest categories for me to pick up, because it's Hondo. You get everything. It's... Like, once you're through Spiky Room of Death, the game is free.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's there's a few sections in the game which can be a lot riskier than you might think, but generally speaking, the 100% speedrun is about as safe as a Super Metroid speedrun can get. You know, unless you want to include Ceres escape time <laughs> but you know that's that's a whole different thing that's more like a little challenge than an actual speed run if you know what i mean yeah but...
1: i mean this game does have like what what like a 40 or 50 percent speed run, 40 40 or 50 percent forfeit rate on srl or something like that, oh, that it's crazy high says.
0: Yeah. yeah, it's it's one of those games, and any percent for this, like especially if you haven't, if you've played 100%, you'd know the difference, but the any percent run for this can be somewhat punishing. Uh, there's a lot of safety you can take, and a lot of safety you can take without losing that much time, but at the same time, this game on any percent can be brutally harsh, and I've mentioned it before, and I know other people have mentioned it, and it's something that comes up, but if there was ever, ever a game that made you think it knows exactly what's going on right now, it is Super Metroid, because my word, will it punish you when you're doing well on a speedrun?
1: Oh, yeah. Here, uh, do you want an example? Please. I, I, I have an example. So, I'm going along, I'm doing my 80% against a Fantoon. Yeah, and we all know that's that's bad, anyways. I do Fantoon. I take a bit too much damage. I, I go just under Health Bomb. I get Health Bomb. I have no ammo coming out of Fantoon. Great. Then that screws up Attic, and I take so much damage in Attic. And then Bowling just screws me over too, because I take too many hits. And then I'm dead in Meridia. Because that's that's just how this game is. Then yeah,
0: it's, it's got such a massive knock on effect. Like, one little thing that goes wrong, like losing a little bit too much health against Fantoon. And then, you've then got the entire exit of the wreck ship. You've got your way down through Red Tower, you've got your way into Meridia, where everything starts to go, not necessarily wrong, but nothing is going as it should because you're already so far behind because of what happened in Fantoon. And, in terms of speedrunning, that's a night nice, like Fantoon is... He is the breaker of runs in many cases. Whichever route you run for any percent, Phantom can ruin it for you.
1: And not just the patterns, which can lose you. I think maybe twenty-two seconds from a slow slow to, slow, slow to a fast fast. You know, yeah. twenty
0: plus seconds purely yeah. off the randomness of the game.
1: And plus, it's just it's just such a hard fight. It feels more like a bullet hell fight than anything else because for all the. <laughs> Because all the flames deal twenty damage, and they can all hit you, and there's also the sunrise surprise, which is where you get hit by all eight flames plus Vantune for a total of two hundred and twenty damage with Varia. How it's many
0: times have you been hit by the sunrise surprise?
1: At least five in runs, <laughs> and that, that's <laughs> and it's it's almost always an instant run, ever because you're just instantly dead. <laughs>
0: In in terms of any percent runs, I've only ever been hit by it once, and that was one of my first few runs, but that's primarily because I got hit by it once, and I was like, I'm never getting hit by that again. I refuse. (laughs) It's just, I go out of my way to avoid getting Sunrise surprised.
1: Understandable.
0: (laughs) So, we had your favourite thing about the game, we had your least favourite thing about the game. And obviously we talked about your speedrunning it. I'm curious, what are you doing in terms of speedrunning it right now? What categories are you run in? Or are, are you not really running anything specific? What's going on with that? I've,
1: so currently I'm so currently I run a lot of co op categories because I have I have two people I do co op with and we do we have times in basically every co op category there is. Because it's it's just so much fun. Co op is like one of my favorite things to do with an Okay, now,
0: Just to interrupt, sorry, but co-op is actually something we haven't talked about a lot on this podcast with this game. So I just want to give a little bit of an explanation of how this works. So there is this absolute legend of a gamer named Oste Havel. Uh I'm not sure if I pronounced that right. It is Norwegian Dude and it means cheese grater or cheese slicer, I should say uh but either way as they made the multitroid platform which is a web service which you can run through emulator or through an sd2 snes on the actual console which basically allows you to connect your game to someone else's game and you share health you share ammo you share collections you share bosses you know in-game flags that get triggered it's it's actually incredible when you think about it that a game that was specifically designed to only ever be single player and this one dude in norway well in fairness there's two dudes uh Laren is the other one but i'm again not 100 on the pronunciation so sorry to both of those guys if i get it wrong but the work they've done for MultiTroid is pretty incredible uh oste have a Also, I don't know if you made it, but made what he calls Super Connectroid, where you play Super Metroid, controlled with an Xbox Connect controller.
1: Wow. I had not heard of that second one, Super Connectroid, or whatever it was.
0: Yes. Uh, If you're not in his Discord, I can send you a link to it, ask him if he's got any videos, or I'll see if I can find some videos. It is so cool. If you know Rosu, Rosu has actually played it at GDQ with him. So, like, not obviously on thing in one of the practice rooms. So, yeah, but it's it's incredible. And Ostehovel doesn't even play Super Metroid that much. Like, he's not, like, one of the hardcore speedrunners. He's not super heavily involved in the randomized community. He's just someone who likes the game and likes to see what he can do with it.
1: And now we have, like, 15 different categories based on that one thing he made. (laughs)
0: Yes, quite literally Uh, and I think
1: at least two of them were added by me and my friends
0: fair enough Uh, I'm going to guess that's uh, at least three player mappo I don't know what the other one would be though but not important so co-op as we were saying runs through multitroids web service incredible place of work it can be a little bit glitchy at times but at the end of the day you're forcing the game to do something it was never designed to do so some slight problems are always going to be a possibility but it's nothing that's going to stop you from having fun playing the game which is the best bit about it so co-op is something that i haven't personally done for a very long time i mean
1: i mean you should do it because <laughs> there's the DPC this weekend you should you i've already said this but you and jay should do it
0: like, I wouldn't be against the idea, but as I've said, it's a matter of timing and availability. Uh, I also feel very, song, uh, very, sorry, very sorry sorry, for whoever is having to have to organize and run the logistical side of uh, a multi-troid DPC. So, for anyone who may not be aware, the DPC is the Pound Classic, something that originated over on Metadog's channel. Shout out to Metadog what a dude but basically it is a handicapped race and when meta started it it was always any percent and since meta decided to stop running it and the guys over at speedruns arena took over it it has become well, optional categories basically <laughs> the people running it vote on what categories they want to run and it's a very simple premise Uh, you have your time for this category I have my time there's an offset calculated between us and then if you if that offset is say six minutes you start six minutes later I start and in theory we should be finishing up roughly around the same time if we run towards our personal best standards now that's a fun race and it can be a logistical nightmare, depending on what category it is, but I can only imagine how crazy this is going to get for a multi Uh <laughs> Oh yeah, it's
1: definitely going to be crazier than most, but at least the, the two players only have one PB.
0: Yes, that's, that's yeah. true. Two players to one PB makes it a bit easier. It's definitely going to be a challenge on the streaming side of things, but I know the guys over at SRA, especially the guys who run the DPC, are... Uh, they work hard to make sure it goes down well, so I'm looking forward to seeing how it actually goes. Uh, I hope I can take part, but I honestly just do not know at this point. So so if you're running so much co-op, is it something where you've just decided, I'm not really that interested in the single player, I enjoy the co-op more, or is it just, I don't want to do that right now, I'm really into this right now? I'd
1: say it's more of a neither I'd say I do the single player a lot as well like currently I'm grinding GT classic to Bob my partner in co-op <laughs> ironically enough <laughs> who who ha- as of now has a time 10 frames faster than mine which okay. is dumb what but about leaderboards
0: I don't, know, don't count by frames
1: that's true they count by milliseconds but we counted <laughs> we we did the math I did the math and his his time is 10 frames faster than mine.
0: Oh, so this so is once a I, personal yeah, thing.
1: yeah, this is yeah, this is definitely a personal thing. <laughs> but I'm definitely working on that, and then just for myself, I'm, I'm I want to do more North Korea percent runs. For those who don't know, North Korea percent is Dragon Fantoon, Ridley Craid, which is more of like a baby reverse boss order because you have Upper Norfair Hell runs, which are heated runs where you oh, he, heated runs without Lefarious, so you're just taking constant damage, and then it's all of Suitless Merdia, which I find extremely enjoyable. So I, I'm just interested in grinding that category down simply just for the stuff you do in the category as of now. And of course, I do the co-op when I can because co-op's very much enjoyable. It's just, it's such a great, it's really fun to do, but it's also fun because specifically for two categories in particular, three-player 100% three-player 100% map completion, we came up with all the routing ourselves like because number one we're the only people who run the categories. like three player hundred percent has three submissions and three player map completion has two, but they but both those submissions are us.
0: a lot of the co-op stuff is still growing, but there's definitely a growing section of the community that that are loving the multi-troid stuff. So I'm also really glad we got to talk about it a little bit because it's something that, as I said, hasn't really come up on the podcast and it's such a cool, cool aspect of the community. Uh, and it, in fairness, Oste Havel definitely deserves a shout-out for it because, dude, it's, it's an incredible bit of work, really, when you think about it.
1: Yeah, you're working with ASM from like 25-plus years ago. To work with modern stuff modern web web server stuff and it, you're just it's incredible that it, it's possible at all with modern hardware at uh, all definitely and it, 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 then that, that it works so well like, with so few bugs too that, that that's incredible
0: i will say um i played in because this is the, actually the second version of multitroid And on the release of Multitroid 2, um, we, well, Oste held a little event on his own channel on Twitch where we had a bunch of different races. We had a blackout bingo race. We had a couple of three-player, a couple of two-player different things. And I took part in that. And we did have a couple of issues on the technical sides while it was going on. But do you know what? In fairness, it was to the point where literally all you had to do was i had a disconnect i clicked reconnect boom it's back on and it just instantly updates to what the other person's got onto me which considering that was release day is a hell hell of a job from both ostia and laroon who were doing great all the way keeping things going and they've just continue to just steadily improve it as time's gone on because that was about two years ago now Uh, that was not long after I first got into the speedrunning community for this to be honest Uh, I think Jay took part in that as well because if I remember correctly he was I think it was him and Captain Dapper I want to say versus myself and Ponk in the blackout bingo race and I'll be honest with you at that time it did not go well for Jay (laughs) so yeah I I don't think I've got video of that but it might be worth having a look if Oste Harville's got it because that'll be good for you because you've only really known Jay Chalk while he's been basically positioned to have loads of times to practice playing and so he has gotten very good at the game recently Um, but back then not quite so much and I think you might amuse yourself watching it so definitely go check it out but I guess I just want to ask, is there anything else you want to talk about with Super Metroid? I
1: don't know. There's so much to talk about.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Look, I've said it before. I'll say it again. Um, Super Metroid's the sort of thing I could talk about all day. And I mean, I could talk about how much I love this stuff all day. And I've just been on an extended break from it, which started out, I was just going to take a, like, a couple of weeks off just of a break from the game. And has become basically playing it a couple of times casually in the last six to nine months, and that's about it. But we're going to be ramping up to start getting ready for Rando League after all these current tournaments end. So keep an eye out. Will you be entering the Randomizer League this next season?
1: Definitely. There's there's no way I won't. There's no way I can miss out on that. I've I've already missed out on so many things just to due to having entered the community so late. <laughs> there's,
0: a, there's a lot of us that have done that, missed out on things we'd have loved to have been part of just because of that. Like I waited effectively three years for this hundred percent tournament to come about, and unfortunately, just because of the timing on the qualifiers, I was basically given one opportunity to qualify versus the... Was it four opportunities everyone else had? Yeah, four. So I've waited three years for a 100% tournament, which I never got to go further than the qualifiers for because I I didn't have the time to actually get on for the qualifiers. So, I mean, shout-outs to the organisers because they were really great about basically allowing me to set a time in a run outside of those qualifiers and go look you're only going to get one shot but this is your shot you get a chance at least and i'm grateful for that but i just know if i'd been had the time to take part in those four qualifiers or i say if i'd had the time if they weren't at such awkward times for me personally i know i would have put a lot more work into grinding that time down before the tournament started but i wouldn't have gone far in it anyway some really really good runners in 100% like the I think for this tournament that's currently ongoing, I think the PBs between the number one seed and the bottom seed are something like 17 minutes, 16, 17 minutes apart nearly. So you know, there's a lot of leeway there.
1: Definitely. And I mean that's okay. I was the I was the first person to not qualify. I was the 49th <laughs> seed. <laughs>
0: Well, that is unfortunate, but uh, you know it happens. At yeah. the end of the day, it does. And I'm I guess... still looking. For
1: my, I'm still looking for my two for my co-op tournament, any co-op category, <laughs> co-op rando. Make it happen. Make it happen one day.
0: It might. You never know. Uh, we should definitely get a big multi-troid. Ga- uh, no, multi-world game go in at some point. We need to do that. That would be a lot of fun. But we'll sort that out another time. I think I'm going to say let's wrap it up here unless you do have anything else specific you want to bring up about Super Metroid just because this could keep going off on a lot of different tangents within Super Metroid so I think I'm content to say we've had a good chat about it and I'm quite happy to move along if you are
1: I I would definitely definitely agree this has been a a, a great talk about SM and moving along is definitely what we should do
0: Cool, cool. So, with that, that does basically bring us to the end of the show. We've had your four picks, and just to reiterate, we had Celeste, we had The Messenger, we had Mega Man 2, and we had Super Metroid. So, if you had to recommend one of those games right now to anyone listening, which one would it be? Which one should they go and play today?
1: Super Metroid, no question.
0: That is the correct answer. (laughs) No, To be honest, I can't speak for Celeste because I still haven't played it myself, but from what I know about it, any one of those four games would be a great pick for anyone to go and give a try right now. So, four excellent games. Glad we got to talk about them. Glad that you didn't spoil too much of Celeste for me, and that I didn't spoil too much of The Messenger for you. And... Maybe, maybe we can arrange something to happen with some Mega Man Two at some point in the future because I think that would be a lot of fun. Uh, but as we're at the end of the show, thank you so much for joining me, mm Two. It has been great fun to have this talk with you.
1: Really, no, yeah, I could, I could definitely say the same. This has been a great experience, and if you'll, if you would want to have me back on the show again at another time, of course not, not required, but I would be delighted to make another appearance.
0: Well, there is definitely going to be opportunities and plans to bring people in on the our lives in gaming side of this, where I sit down with Sineth and Jay Chalk. Uh, The school year throws up a lot of challenges, which make can make it difficult for Jay to meet us sometimes in terms of getting on a call to chat with us. So we are regularly looking for guests to cover for him, and we're probably going to look at people to bring on. For small sections of that anyway, so you are definitely in the frame for that because one, you're always available. I'm not gonna lie, that's definitely a factor. <laughs> you know, <laughs> when you've got the spare time to be available, you're gonna get the opportunity to do new things or different things. But also, I know I'm a fan of you, I know Jay is a fan of you, and I know Sinith is a fan of you. And as the three guys running the show. That means we're all fans of you, so we'd definitely be happy to have you on sometime. We'll definitely have to have a chat about where we could make that work. But, as we were saying, this is the end of this show. So, again, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you to anyone who is listening. And, as always, have a good one. Thanks for listening. And if you want to get in contact with the show, maybe you've got a question you want to hear asked, or you'd like to suggest, or be a future guest for the show... Maybe you just want to keep up with what's going on with the podcast or my life in general. You can find me on social media at YLIGP on Twitter, at YLIG underscore podcast on Instagram, and the Your Lives in Gaming podcast group on Facebook, or drop me an email to yourlivesingaming at gmail.com. And thanks again for listening.